Okay, good day everybody. I'm Justin Lawson, fourth year IMC, and with me today is... I'm IC Torres, a first year in MEM, and... Without further ado, come as you are, come watch, or come listen, because all hands are on deck. Alright, so, school is hard. We all know that. But on top of that, we've all had our fair share experiences with professors that have made it even harder for us. We hear about this all the time. The boogeymen of educational institutions, terror profs, every student's nightmare. Today, we're going to be talking about challenging your students and how this differs from quote-unquote terrorizing them. So where exactly do we draw the line between terror and a challenge? How do students typically experience this and what students might be able to do if they were to encounter professors such as this? Today, our guest speaker is SEM legend Dr. Robert Cortez. He is joining us today to help us offer some insight into a perspective of what terror profs might be and you know how might uh, affect the students. You're welcome, Bob. Good to have you here. It's you. Nice to have you here, actually. Good to have me. But before I'm not sure what sort of legend I have. <laughs> but yeah, you, you are seen as such. Okay, and before anything else, you know, we'd like some further background into how long have you been teaching in school? Like what subjects have you mm, I have been teaching in the university for a little over 10 years. I was, uh, but technically, I just finished my 10th year last year but um i've been here since 2010 actually two years i was out i studied in rome uh two years my phd in social communication that's how i ended up in scm uh, but i began teaching english here in 2010 um left for uh, for my phd in around 2014 if i'm not mistaken then when i came back i joined the I teach ethics, I teach entertainment, cultures, and society for MEM. So that's about it. Okay, so have you ever been labeled as a terror pro? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. have? <laughs> Rich, pretty, you. Much, pretty much. So this is Rich, me talking to you about okay. what terror proofs, uh, terror <laughs> proof of terror profs. Yeah, I'm a proof of a terror prof. See, so um, as someone labeled as a terror prof, how necessary do you think it is to, you know, challenge your students to the extent of being labeled as a terror prof? First, um, let me just clarify that, um, and this may be insightful to you, that I have been labeled a terror prof, and maybe still am labeled as such. But I never considered myself as a therapist. Um, I had some insights as well, of course. Uh, I mean, hearing all of these things of therapist has made me also reflect on myself and what is it in me that you know made people think that I'm a therapist. And I think the uh, the first thing would probably be that I'm strict. That I do have. Um, I do demand high standards from my students um, in what we're saying here is like I do challenge my students right? challenge them and you're asking if it's necessary to challenge your students I think we can all agree that if you are not challenged by your teachers you would think the teacher boring right that is true. you would probably you probably in class you'd, you'd tell this teacher oh how much we like you and now that but be behind his back you're actually laughing because you're you could easily get uno 
just it's like just a walk in the park yes right and you're not learning anything um and so i think we can all agree that teachers need to challenge students the same way as you know people a lot of people go to the gym yeah you, you challenge yourself you you lift weights you challenge your muscles to grow to make them grow exactly and i guess uh, that's why we challenge students because we think that only through challenges can we make people grow yeah right yes it definitely seems that you have your students best intentions in mind mm -hmm. so with that being said if you go too easy on them what do you think how will it affect them in the long run well i guess in the same way as for example you go to the gym thinking that you want to grow all the muscles but then and but every time you go there you decide to just lift i don't know to bounce yeah yes how do you think will that uh, benefit you not much right so i guess that's just how it is so i i think i think all students do this is this is what i think you can correct me if i'm wrong all students come to school wanting to be challenged right yes but i think they want to be challenged in the proper way and they want to be challenged according to their capacity or at least what they perceive is their capacity right, right. Yeah. and it is now up to the to the professor who is supposedly the adult in the room to determine what exactly is this student's capacity and to try to to estimate that capacity um as correctly as possible if if that were possible so would you say a challenge is a way to measure one's capacity no it the, the challenge is a way to increase that student's capacity mm -hmm. right because a student comes into the classroom with this much mm -hmm. capacity and i think the professor's task is to increase that because the the, the, the human the human the mind spirit the soul the whole being of the student and and then i use those terms uh deliberately and they're nuanced they're specific i mean they're 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 really quite distinct i mean from each other um the, the human mind the human possibilities are is rather is is uh infinite so we were we're infinitely elastic we're infinitely uh elastic yes they're stretchable yes stretchable and it depends on the teacher on the professor it's his duty it's his task to to in fact affect that expansion mm -hmm. but that has to be done gradually mm -hmm. and it has to be done according to the capacity of the i mean to the to the to the right uh, according to the right pace for each student mm -hmm. now here's here's a challenge though because each student in the room uh has different paces i mean yeah. they have they have uh they, they have a different um uh, uh what's the word for it uh they don't develop in exactly the same at exactly the same pace at the same right? rate at the same rate i mean yeah okay, good thank you um we're individual we're unique so the, the the teacher has to that the teacher has to 
put that into into the calculus whenever he or she is deal is dealing is dealing with each and every student and and perhaps this is where um this is where the problem comes because in the teaching is a very challenging thing because you have their 30 25 40 sometimes 60 right. individuals in the room and you have to get things done all different characters yeah all different characters different bases different rates of development etc etc coming from so many different backgrounds right and how do you how do you finish the syllabus for example how do you how do you get the job done um and sometimes i think uh, teachers just and, and, and I'm not saying this, uh, and I'm not saying this to, to put any teacher down. Um, um, teachers just want to get things done, right? Because they have to report to the boss, to the dean, and they have to justify, you know, uh, not, not reaching, not, not, not fully discussing everything in, in the syllabus. And, and then they have to submit a report why. And so, and so, what what can happen is that they just want to make sure that you know the syllabus is finished the material is finished and in the process they can actually bulldoze through so many other things for example students feelings uh, that this, the people who are not catching up are you know are having a hard time so they just uh, they just don't regard that anymore they just go straight to the material and, and sometimes they look like They've lost their temper because someone asked an honest question. Right. It's like, as you said, that's probably why different people perceive uh, terror profs in different ways. How some people may say, this prop is a terror prof, and some may, some may say that he's not a terror prof. Because as you said, each person has a different growth rate. Mm -hmm. And that's probably why it's um, how people perceive a certain person that way. Yeah. Yeah. Can I agree? And I agree with, with that fact. And I think sometimes, and to me as a student, and this isn't to like, um, to like, I don't have like an appropriate term for it, but this isn't to like, um, kiss the props, like in schools, like, you know, what teacher already makes it sick. Makes it sick. But sometimes I do think it's a bit unfair because, as you mentioned, there are different. Profs have different approaches and students have different ways they want to be approached and not every single time will a prof be able to cater to your needs and to how you feel and sometimes and I'm, I talked to IC about this before the episode started that sometimes it's our fault why we're anxious of our professors it's because we're aware that we're not prepared for their class we came there not knowing anything and then we get upset when we're called out for not being prepared enough and then we label them as such when they get when they give us a certain reaction and I think that's sometimes unfair towards them because we know it's our fault, yet they're the ones who are quote-unquote terrorizing us. Talking about labels though, right? I, I think we started this conversation assuming that the label has been defined. Yeah. Right? They say, oh, you're, or have you been labeled a terror prop before? And they just said, yes, I was labeled. I was, uh, I have been called a terror prop, right? So it's like admitting that that label has existed for me, yes. But I think we need to define what, what the terror prop is okay. because I'd like to hear, I'd like to hear that definition. And I think that definition shouldn't come from me. I think it should come from the students who right. are the ones labeling professors as terror props, right? So what is a terror prop for you? Uh, um, to me, a terror prop is 
I, I did talk about this before that a therapist to me is someone who through their execution doesn't necessarily have the students in their intentions for their students isn't necessarily the best in mind. Sometimes uh, a prof could get away with himself and not really realizing that their execution doesn't necessarily benefit the students to his or her utmost capability. Okay, and I, I appreciate your your answer, uh, at least coming from the fact that, I mean, if only for the fact that that it, it's it's coming from your experience, I guess. Yes. But there are two things there that you said that um, I think we need to to distinguish. The, the first thing that you mentioned in the earlier part of your answer was that a professor comes to the classroom not with the best, not with a student's best uh, interest in mind. Then later on, you kind of you also you you did say that. Uh, they just don't know how to execute. Yes, it's more on the latter part of my exactly right. Yes. Um, to the first, to the first part, because I think uh, it's that is coming from somewhere as well, right? <laughs> from somewhere. Um, do you think? And maybe I can also address this to to uh, to Jesse. Do you think that a teacher or a professor ever comes into the classroom with not wanting to have the, the best interest of the students in mind. I mean, not having the best interest of the students in mind. So in other words, I come to the classroom wanting to destroy students, <laughs> right? Because it's not their best interest. Yeah. Like, it's a euphemism for saying um, they're not their growth. <laughs> I don't think a prof comes into a classroom thinking, oh, I will make sure that my students don't learn today. <laughs> that they will fail. <laughs> that they will yeah. fail. I, I definitely don't think. I come to torture them. <laughs> I don't right? think a prof come into the uh, classroom thinking that. Okay. It's more of um, sometimes. I think a lot of therapists. But, but but then that does come off. That as such, right? Definitely, I think a lot of students can perceive a prof to be that way. But if you really put it in retrospect, if a student really comes to think about it, I don't think any person would become a professor to fail people. Why? I think. Um, teaching is quite a vocation. It's not only an occupation. It's really something that you choose to do. Nobody ever, and I can say this for myself, mm -hmm. nobody ever comes, no, nobody ever goes into teaching because he wants to get rich. <laughs> no. right? I mean, rich financially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Rich definitely in experiences. I mean, rich, uh, rich in terms of, yeah, I mean, human experience, mm -hmm. rich in relationships with the, with the eventual relationship that oh, you make with it, rich in um, one's legacy, yeah. right? Because, well, Horace, you say uh, the greatest monument, I mean, the greatest monument, Horace used to say that I have built a monument made of bronze, and he was referring to himself, and he was referring for himself as his poems would be his greatest monuments, right? Not material things, because because monuments would be destroyed in time, but his poems until now they've lived forever. But I think there's an even greater monument, and the great monument and, and the greatest monument is I think is one's impact on persons on human beings, because if we believe that human beings are immortal then our impact on them yeah. is yeah. immortal right so and and that's from what i know from from what i 
have experienced, this is really what motivates most, if not all, teachers to 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 spend the rest yeah. of their lives in the classroom. Right. So anyway, so so at least we know that teachers don't go to to the classroom to want to to wreck their their students' yeah. lives. But but then the other the other part of your answer is that it does uh, come off that teachers don't seem to know how to to uh, bring about the learning and the uh, the execution, the execution. Yeah. The execution it's a problem yes yeah, I, I agree um just to add to her thought um i think that what makes a terror prof a terror prof is when they they forget that not not every student will be able to catch the idea that they want the students to have right and for me immediately immediately when i notice with certain when i have i do have professors that i do perceive as such and I see them that way when I notice that whenever a student is able to make a mistake, when they do make a mistake, even if no matter how prepared they are, professors will have their expectations, I understand. And there's no problem with that. My problem, the problem comes along when a student makes a mistake and instead of being corrected and then educated, they're corrected and then the professor, instead of telling them how they can fix it, they're told how much more wrong they are. And that's like super. That's very disheartening as a student. Mm-hmm. And I think that what makes that what makes them terror pros because there has to be a certain level of consideration to understand that okay, it's not that they didn't prepare. They prepared, but they didn't catch my idea, and that's fine. And as a student, you have to understand that okay, I wasn't prepared enough, but I appreciate that he corrected me rather than telling me how wrong I am because there has to be a gray area. And I think in that way, they wouldn't be as scary or be labeled as therapist. Very well said, you know, coming from a student. And you know, with that being said, I think I just want to read out a few anonymous testimonies regarding therapist. Please. So the first uh, testimony is, my professor for an entire semester refused any requests for consultations and never released the answers for tests and quizzes. All you get is a score without any explanation whatsoever as to how you got it. This professor has been teaching for many years and uses years of experience as an excuse for aforementioned actions. This is an anonymous testimony from a fourth-year student. So, Dr. Cortez, what do you think about this um, this testimony? And do you think the professor was being reasonable in this scenario? Um, definitely. I'm sorry to say, uh, yes. I, I have to agree that the, the students could have gotten a better reception or a better response from the from the from the professor but then now it really makes me uh, wonder if we're talking about a terror prof or a horrible prof i mean i think there's a difference between a terror prof the way you've been talking yeah. and a bad prof what do you think is the difference I mean, a, a, a bad a bad professor is is one who is not con- or he's not applying the proper principles of teaching not property principles of teaching proper principles of learning and proper principles of grading those are three three things that one has to learn professionally in order to right teach. um i mean obviously and this is not to sound condescending but um 
there is a difference between a professor who has professionally learned these principles because he has studied them either in university uh, or in some uh, professional development training which the, the university offers or through YouTube, <laughs> simply through reading books and, and all of that. I think it is incumbent to every professor, whether every college professor, even if he's not even if he's not trained professionally in the university, like he didn't finish, uh, you know, a, a, an AB in education or a master's in education, or, or it, but it is incumbent for for each professor in the university, even if it's teaching, uh, I don't know, chemistry or or material science or is there such a thing here? <laughs> anyway, um, or uh, yeah or economics to actually learn these basic principles of teaching learning and grading because all of these all of these um inform his teaching right and it is when a professor does not know that all of these things have to be learned and have to be applied in the classroom even as he even as he teaches the the uh, the basics of his own uh, subject area subject matter just the specialization that things like this happen in this right? scenario i would like to ask why you think it's reasonable for the prof to do this no it's not reasonable it's not. oh it's then not that's reasonable. exactly what i'm saying ah. it's like because it because part of the principles of teaching mm -hmm. is that you need to give students feedback and the more immediate the feedback, the better. Yeah. Because then you are helping the student um, be be more in charge of his own learning, right? So if I tell you this is what you lack, nicely, right? Then he can, I mean, presumably he can he can uh, he can work on whatever he has to work on, right? Yeah. And and then and then then he responds by you know producing hopefully by pr producing better results in tests and or in essays or in, in the projects and so on and so forth and not exactly may i see what other thing that he did not do um and, and then of course you all you get is the score without an explanation what's your how you got it right sometimes of course uh sometimes we also need the students to um to take some initiative because because of the you know there's just so many students sometimes and professor uh, just simply out of practicality you just give a score and that's it if the student doesn't ask and that means he's not interested he or she is not interested and therefore i think students also should take the initiative to to ask sir why this or why especially for example if it's an essay However, if obviously if, if if the professor comes off as very very unwelcoming and so rude, not not strict but rude, right? Then of course he's 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 already putting an obstacle between him and the student for for further uh, interaction, right? Yes. But sometimes I have to encourage the students all always uh, to 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 reach out to to the prof, right? Mm -hmm. Um, but then, of course, this whole idea of, you know, uh, um, invoking his years of experience and, yes. and all of that. No, we all know that. We, we all know that. Just, 
doesn't make the cut, right? Right. Yeah. Because uh, wisdom is not necessarily, uh, it is not it doesn't, it doesn't automatically come with age. Yes. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. The measure come with age. Yes. So um, yeah. All right. So we have another testimony. I'd love to hear your thoughts again, Mark. So my professor enforces a no erasure rule during exams. There are multiple instances where in my classmates and I knew the right answer, but just accidentally misspelled it or put something else. We couldn't correct it, and we got deductions despite knowing the right answer. And another student first year. So do you think that the professor again was being unreasonable? Why or why not? Okay, I don't want. I don't want to be mobbed by angry professors after after this. <laughs> I don't want to be lynched. <laughs> um, this is just from okay. Um, okay, so let me be let me be honest about it. Um, of course, I'm sure the professor has reasons for not no erasures. And one thing I can imagine is that. Um, Possibly, uh, you know, uh, erasures could uh, could hint at possible cheating and all of that, right? So it's no erasure. So, but it's not. It's not as if you cannot you cannot first cheat and then answer, right? And then you don't have erasure, but you can still cheat. Yeah. So, no matter how we think about this, because, I mean, this has been going on for for quite some time, right? Um, I just don't find any point in it. So I, so I think it's unreasonable because I, I always compare I always compare students' uh, experiences and teaching experiences to life. Yeah. So we, what we're supposed to be doing here in, in the university is to prepare students for life. And in life, you erase so many, you change so many things and you're given all the chances right now probably some some teachers will say oh no in this profession you make one mistake and that's it you're fired and all of that i don't know where he's what world he's living in because in in, in, it's not ours right because in many most companies you're given a chance yeah and then you're like you know so so many chances and and in fact in companies this is what's encouraged right openness admitting your mistakes so we can help each other and so on and so forth so with perhaps the teacher doesn't realize that implicitly what you're conveying to the students you mustn't make any mistakes because if you make mistakes you can't change your answer right so so this is one of the reasons why i think it it's it's absurd and if you cannot erase if you cannot erase and you found out you know the answer anymore uh, you you know the answer you know the answer already then your score does not does not convey the reality and the reality is i know that this much but because of this stupid instruction yes. i am not conveying the exact thing that this the exam is supposed to convey yes. the yes. exam is supposed to convey how much the student has learned but because of a foolish instruction you're not getting in the test yes. and you as a professor are perfectly perfectly uh um satisfied with this with this score yes. 
right? Yes. There are also other stupid instructions, for example, like, uh, you know, you forgot to write your name, and so on and so forth. You know, I, I remember, I remember one time, but this was before uh, I came to the university, I was teaching in a, in a private school for boys, and there was this student who almost perfected the exam, and this was a final exam, but he forgot to write his name. And what did the prof do? He gave him a zero. Oh, no! He gave him a zero. And it's like, wow, it's like, wow. It's, it, it's for me, it's, it's, it was just, how, what, why? <laughs> right? And so we seem to precisely overlook the purpose of exams. Exams are supposed to tell us what the students learn. Exams, project, what does a student learn? And if he failed because of a technicality, then we have just defeated the purpose of the test, of the exam, of the evaluation. Yes, because forgetting to write your name isn't implicit of what you know about yeah, the topic. Yes. And in real life, you forgot to write your name. Whoever is in charge will say, that's what happens in real life, yeah. right? Yes. So, so in other words, the university is producing students for a different kind of world. Yeah. A world where everything is, you can't make mistakes, a cruel world that does not forgive small mistakes and will, and, and will claim the worst possible uh, consequences for very, very small mistakes. Yeah. Right, so, before moving on, I'm just curious because you mentioned that there's a distinction between a horrible prop and a terror prop. So, for both the second testimony and the prop that you mentioned from the previous school you were in, do you think they were horrible and terror props? Yeah, you know, uh, the, the, um, the second teacher I was talking about, he is, he is a very holy person, by the way. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I, I, I won't say more, uh, I won't describe him further because you'll probably be scandalized and I don't want to scandalize him, but I know he's a very good person and uh, right now he's doing a lot of good to, to a lot of people. He's not anymore a teacher in a strict sense, um, but I guess uh, it, it's, it's just that um, at that time, I, I don't think he, he studied the principles of grading, principles of learning, principles of teaching. He, he did not study that as a professional, uh, as a, as an undergrad or even a master's when he came, when he, when he became a teacher, right? So it's sometimes really just out of ignorance uh, that the, the teachers do, that professors have all of these um, unhealthy practices in the classroom, which really don't help in 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 the learning in in sorry in really assessing uh more accurately what the students are yeah. are learning and in the process not encouraging to learn further so and in regards to that you know it's as a student it's truly frustrating to have to go through the experience of a horror prof or a horrible prof or a terror, terror prof. prof so with that being said do you know any systems in place that the students can use to improve or um, to counter the experiences that they have with the dare prof? Are there any you know places that they can report to or any surveys perhaps? Okay, as far as systems go, the university has it. I mean, they can always complain to the to the boss of the prof, like the vice dean or the dean, and you have the 
the student, uh, the school for student affairs, and, and all of that. And of course, the the um, uh, the professor's attention will always be called, right? Um, but then I would like to move beyond systems because systems can really do so much, right? In the end, the real system that will address the, you might say, the flaws of the professor is in the students themselves. That's the real system. And I say this because the OSA or is that OSA? CSA. CSA, sorry. That was another age. Yes, CSA and the dean, the vice dean can talk to the prof and all of that. What if the prof is tenured? What if the prof is permanent? You know, the dean or the vice dean can just talk to the prof and the prof says, okay, in here, out there, not because he or she is malicious, but simply because he or she might really be convinced about her approach. It's a deep-seated approach. And she can't, fortunately, you know, you can't fire professors on these little, you know, you might say technicalities and all of that stuff. And maybe the professor could also just do something minimally just to address what you, he or she was told. But in the end, go back to the classroom with more or less the same, you know, the same bad effect and, and all of that because um, because he or she is convinced of, of uh, the approach. So in other words, I think it would be better if students who are listening to this or watching the, the, this podcast would learn for themselves how to avert the effects of these possible of these professors whom they might meet whom they consider their profs right and and i would say that that's why i asked you a while ago what 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 for you is a terror prof you know and i think we can both agree that a terror prof is only a terror prof if the student allows himself or herself to be terrorized by the prof. Right? It's a different uh, perspective, the way of looking at it. Not? Yeah. I mean, I, I why? Because I can, yeah. I as a student, can actually choose to look at this prof with strict and demanding or uh, as not a terror prof. Which means to say, for example, I can say, um, this this professor is, is strict. Let me name the the exact complaint I have of this professor. Is it his strictness, or that he doesn't know how to teach, he doesn't speak straight English, or he doesn't know how to grade, or his tests are this? Let me name that, right? Let me name that. And then I can address each of those issues. So I would like to invite the students to be more proactive about about their learning and about their um about how they are affected by the professors in other words i'm actually inviting students not to feel victimized by the professor because because if you have it within yourself not to be the victim and to be not the victim does not mean to to fight the professor you know but rather to have the proper mental attitude towards this particular professor also because you know all professors who come into the classroom they have their own histories 
They have their own struggles. They have their yeah. own challenges. Their right? own and I'm not. I'm not saying this to to justify all of these horrible things that you're experiencing in this in the classroom. But that just is a reality. Uh, remember that the professor also has to contend with your challenges. I guess all of you students also expect you to be understood by the professor. But you know, there are thirty of you. So you, the professor is actually in 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 a in a more challenging position to have to understand all of you and 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 and, and try to balance everything. And so imagine if he and not all professors are ready for it. I guess mentally, and so that's why they they fail in this or that particular aspect. Now, if each student tells himself or herself that whenever a professor does this, this is what I'm. This is how I'm going to to react. So, for example. If a professor is simply strict because he's demanding of his uh, of his um, uh, deadlines, for example, then what can I do? Then I will have to to be a little more orderly yeah. so I can meet the deadline, right? So if the professor is just uh, he is he is strict because he has all these rules in the classrooms like no looking to the right or to the left. I'm exaggerating. <laughs> I, at least I hope I'm exaggerating. Then um, maybe maybe I can train myself not to look, or or maybe mention it to to the um, to the dean or or to the vice dean and and all of that. But so so in other words, not to come into the classroom thinking that terror professors are terror professors and I can't do anything about it. That you can do something about it. In other words, you can always. Um, you can always look at the different aspects of the terror professor and you can always address address those things so now an, another example the, the horrible professor like who doesn't seem to know how to grade or that particular student for example yeah. about about that thing i mean about the the not giving the feedback and all that stuff that thing that i suggested to you why don't you go and ask the professor or you know, ask it politely, can you please explain, and so on and so forth, right? What about in a situation where the student does take the initiative to approach the prof about feedback, and what if the, this yes, this prof is not receptive and they, they're insistent on their ways? What do you suggest the student does then in a scenario like that? I know it's it's very difficult to ask uh, students to, um, to, to, to not be disheartened to not feel insulted, to not feel, but that's exactly what I'd like to challenge students to do, because it is, in a sense, uh, preparing yourself for the real world, where you, you're going to meet bosses who are going to be very, very strict, quite dismissive, and all of, and what do you do? Do you just fold up, go to your corner, and cry, right? Uh, and then, sorry to, to have to mention this, but like invoke mental health and all of that stuff, right? We know that m this mental health problem is a real problem, right? Um, but then it doesn't help to be, to allow yourself to, to uh, sorry, to just give in to your so-called vulnerability. We need, to, in other words, we need to not to sound chauvinistic, you need to man up. <laughs> or maybe a better way to say it, a less chauvinistic, is 
to grow a spine, right? And and how how does one grow a spine? To accept all of these difficulties, all of these uh, um, challenges, as precisely that uh, means to means to make me stronger. Because as they say, you probably heard this, right? What does not kill you makes, makes you stronger. You need to take that uh, seriously. And 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 I would like to invite everyone and challenge everyone to to see terror props, to see terror props. That's that, right? Don't believe. Don't. <clears throat> okay, <clears throat> I was about to say something controversial. <laughs> don't believe in the myth of the terror prop. The terror prop is in your mind. In the sense that, as I say, in the sense that you can only, a terror prop only exists if you allow the professor to terrorize you. After all, it's the students that give the label to the prof as a terror Exactly. Prof. Exactly. And sometimes, by the way, I am just, um, I have just, I'm, I'm, I'm beginning to, to um, get to know this philosopher named Rene Girard, who talks about mimetic theory. And mimetic theory is it's just the idea that many times we we like or don't like things, we react to things because we imitate the people. It, this is a very subconscious, unconscious thing about human beings. Human beings are mimetic beings. We imitate a lot, right? And so you know, so we 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 foster this this myth of the terror professor, and every generation that that follows us things that. This is a real thing. Mm -hmm. But as I said, if we don't allow the terror professor to terrorize, then there's no terror professor. Rather, we have a professor who, who can challenge us, who challenges us. And he may be challenging us in a, in a serious way. He may be challenging us in an irresponsible way. But it will always, if we see it as a challenge, right? Then yeah. there are no terror profs. They're only challenging professors. They're also horrible professors. But in a sense, they're also challenging us. I mean, they can also be, they can also help us grow, right? I have such a horrible professor, but because of him, I decided to study the material on my own. Yeah. And then you, in fact, you learn. Mm. And of course, it's no thanks to the horrible professor that you learn the materials better because now you read the materials. Mm. But in a sense, he was the occasion for you. To read the material sometimes by the way professors we think are so good so geniuses they give you an illusion that you're learning but you're not you're just mesmerized by the genius of the professor he is the sage on the stage but a professor is supposed to be a guide on the side right and he makes you learn he doesn't spoon feed the knowledge to you right you learned it because he made you do something and sometimes he he does that because he's not the genius who can dish out all these nice lapidary statements right that you'd like to take notes of <laughs> and then you god knows what you do with all those you know thousands of pages pages of quotes and notes and 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 that's that's it right yes anyway all right so um Thank you so much, Albert. That was oh, well, very insightful, you know. And it's um, over. Yeah, no, but yeah, it turns off. It turns off. As students, we are expected to value the quality of education, and we receive 
and maximize our learning in each class. The same must be explained to our professors in the sense that our learning should be the topmost priority with teaching and not given, giving one students a hard time. But as we established um, just a few minutes ago, that sometimes you have to come in there and not label your professors immediately. Sometimes you really do have to take some hits and be open to making certain adjustments towards them because as we established, there's only one prop and there are 30 of you. And sometimes the prop won't be able to cater to all of our needs and our emotions. However, if the challenge posed to the student is only detrimental to their learning, I do think that effective education is not being delivered. So, better props do exist, and we hope this discussion validates those with similar experiences with such props. If you're under a better prof right now, or one that you think is a better prof, make sure to give feedback at the end of the semester for the sake of the students that follow you. Thank you for tuning in on deck, and we'll see you in the next episode.